Hello, 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 and welcome back to Let's Talk About the Facts. It is I, your host, Elizabeth Fury, and with me today is... Nate Ruger. Hello! Yet again. An oldie and a goldie. Aww. I like the fact that you did not stumble on the fact that I just called you old. I'm... I... So? I call myself old all the time, and I am younger than you, so... I mean, that... Yeah, so by... If you call yourself old, then I'm older. It's just, just, yeah, that that's how words work. But to be fair, I called myself old when I was in my teens, because I feel like I was born at, like, age 40. That's true. That's true, yeah. And yeah. then, so, by that logic, I am now 70. I was literally just listening to episodes of you talking about, like, oh, what were you doing in, uh, in high school? I was watching Golden Girls, because, you know, I felt like they were my... <laughs> they understood me. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's... that. There's old soul, and then there's just cranky grandma soul. <laughs> such a cranky grandmother oh my yep. god yep. but i didn't have any children i feel like i'm a divorced woman who forgot to get married <laughs> <laughs> unmarried divorcee <laughs> i really am like it makes sense i should i should have gotten married to divorce someone so i could be angry at an ex but i didn't want to have the ex so there you go i yeah i'm a complicated person <laughs> <laughs> having that been said if that's even the saying okay Moving on. You know, moving on, because this is a story with twists and turns. Yes. And we don't need to talk about my life being a twist and turn, because that's what it is. Let's focus. So, today, we are going to take on a story that had massive impacts on an Ohio, an Ohio community. Drives me crazy when people can't use the proper article in front of... Uh, Ohio. No! No! Ohio. That, that's a... Makes me want to throw up, and I've heard myself do it, and I'm, I make myself want to throw up. Ah, okay. On an Ohio community in so many ways. But this story really does seem to sail under the radar. It drives me hmm. bananas. Out of control. To my knowledge, though, I, I don't know if in Ohio it's like still talk of the town. I don't know. There are other things I think we're talking about with Ohio, which is a whole other podcast. We don't LeBron have to talk James. about they're, okay, well, that's a different podcast. LeBron James. LeBron James. I love, I love that video. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, probably LeBron James. <laughs> okay, probably, probably him. Probably him. Understand? Uh, maybe he loves it. Maybe he's like a kid. It's it. Maybe it's his ringtone. Yeah. Oh man, could you imagine? Ah. <laughs> uh, I gotta tell you where I got this one though. Please. I during this hiatus, I've been working and with somebody. How dare I? Make money. What? But uh, I've been working. For yourself? To eat? <laughs> to have shelter? No. Um, Surely not. But one of the editors I was working with gave me the story. And he mentioned having seen it on Unsolved Mysteries. Hmm. And I obviously have seen it too because I've seen every episode of Unsolved Mysteries there is. Dennis Farina and Robert Stack included. We know how I feel about Robert Stack. Do we, as in the listeners of this podcast, know all about Robert Stack? Not enough. <laughs> I'll do a whole episode just on oh my biography. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Bonus episode. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. If I ever have a child and name it Robert, it was after Robert Stack, not my beloved brother. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It'd be after my beloved brother. <laughs> but more importantly, he saw this episode on Unsolved Mysteries and he said... That it made, like, he was so terrified after this particular huh. one. He was so scared to work for any company ever. Really? Like, and it was like, he would, 
there was this plant by where he lived and he like thought it was this place, but he didn't live in this town in Ohio. He lived somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But he was scared of that place because he was like, oh my God, I'm going to die there. Right. It's crazy how kids' minds work. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you watch a movie about something in the clo- in uh, under your bed and you're like, I, I'm never sleeping on a bed ever again. Right. Yeah. But he was also like, well, I'm never going to tell anyone there's something wrong with something because I'm going to get killed. And I'm like, how did, how, how? And so I went back and I rewatched it. Hmm. I totally get how his mind went there. So now it's let's talk spooky? about it. Yeah. No, it's not spooky. It's like people are terrible people. Ugh. But also this poor man. So I, we all know what you're here for. This is actually an unsolved case. I'm putting it here. The police may think it's not, but you know what? We know they've been wrong. Are, are, yeah. are we going to do it? We're going to say it. It's are unsolved we gonna do case. It? We're diving are, in. Are we going to talk about it? We're going to talk about it. <gasps> so we're going to go to context first, okay? Because okay. guess what year we're going to? Uh, well, I can't. I, I don't know. 1984. Oh, my birth year. Why I'm old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, do you know a lot of things happened in 1984? Yeah. The, it, was, uh... it was supposed to be... A very different year, according to George Orwell. Very different year, yeah. But yeah, he uh, for those who love the year nineteen eighty four, that that was actually Orwell uh, just transposed. He wrote it in forty eight, so he just thought he'd by eighty four, just <laughs> flipping you. that things will be this messed up, right? Yeah, and there there are still some things true about that. Not to tangent too far, but like it's just it's not as a you just got that going on a little bit more digitally. This is the year Steve Jobs launched Macintosh, which we know is Apple which Macintosh is a type of apple. I had an unfortunate conversation with a youth, a very youthy youth. Oh, really? So it wasn't too bad. But they didn't know where Mac, like the Mac part of MacBook came Mm -hmm. from and how it correlated with Apple. Yeah. And I felt brittle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just brittle. And I'm not that old. And I'm like, well, maybe I am, but brittle. No, I I hear you. Like uh, when you see... uh, you know, in, in TV shows when they do a fake uh, Apple logo and uh, where it's like a fake banana or it's like oh, on those. the back. But like there's always like a little chunk out of it. And it's, to me, it's yeah, because there used to be an apple that had a bite out of it because it's a Macintosh apple. And yeah, yeah like th- th- this is the same moment where we're going back to this, that I feel old when I remembered explaining how to use this particular pro like uh program that was only used by this one employer i was working for and i said so go ahead and click on the floppy disk i'm like what like oh the save square and i I about died right there that they did not make the the connection that the save icon in most things resembles a three and a half inch floppy disk because that's how we used to save things on our old macintosh lc2 computers i got one worse for you oh goodness no i had someone ask me why did we say roll up the window because you had to physically roll, roll it, up. it up. Yeah. But yeah. you just push a button and we've been doing mm-hmm. it for too long. Uh, oh, yeah. It hurts. But uh, this is also the year that the Vatican reinstated diplomatic relations with the United States. I didn't know what? we ever stopped. What? When did that not happen? I, d- I feel like um, that's a choice. But interesting. Maybe that that's another like, episode. Yeah. Who knows? I, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I feel like it's a Kennedy's very... no longer president? Well, we won't talk to you anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> you killed the first Catholic president. Oh, my God. That, that would do it. <laughs> um, 
goodness. So the TED conference was also founded. So thank you for all coming to my TED Talks, people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talk about TED. Talk about... Oh, man. If you wanted to know who TED was, we found him. Uh... We found him, you guys. <laughs> we can stop talking about it. Uh, I'm sorry you were forced to be at all of my TED Talks, by the way. <laughs> The Summer Olympics were in Los Angeles, and heads up, we do not want them back. No. Nobody wants them here. Do Uh, not let the rich people lie to you. We do not want it. Make the 2028 bullshit stop. Cirque du Soleil was founded, though. Yeah. uh, Which is a Canadian company. I did not know that. mm. Um, But which is funny, I do love Cirque du Soleil, and it does track that it's Canadian because I always associate them with Celine Dion, who is also Canadian. Oh, wow. And it kind of just works. Yeah, totally does. Um, Liechtenstein becomes the last company, or wait, company, country. <laughs> country in Europe to grant women the right to vote. What? Okay. Yeah. 1984. A lot yeah. of other terrible things happen. But uh, yeah. a case that I think I'm going to actually cover happens. There were four young black men. Barry Allen, Troy Canty, James Ramsier, and Daryl Cabey, they board a train in the Bronx. For those of you who do not know, it's a borough in New York City. Mm-hmm. For those who are unfamiliar with the city, I realize I have a lot of listeners who are not American. Uh, they board a train in the Bronx, and the allegation is they attempted to rob a man named Bernard Getz. He also goes by Bernie Getz, and he shoots all four of them to death. Oh my god. So the event starts a national debate about urban crime in the U.S. Yep. And I'm just going to leave it there. I don't want to touch it yet because that's not what this episode's about. Yep. But that is a discussion for another episode because the more you go into that case, it is haunting. (laughs) And that is a a 1984 (sighs) moment. It's a very weird year. But we're going to travel over to Ohio to talk about radioactivity. Radioactivity you in Ohio? You didn't expect to go no. there. No. Did you? No. No, uh-huh. no. We're going to Fernald, Ohio. It might That's... be pronounced Fernald, but I think it's Fernald from everything I listen to. Okay, I, I may be jumping ahead here, and I, I know you're trying to, like, pull the interest. There's no radioactive, uh, uh, uh heckin' power plants in Ohio, right? <laughs> Not anymore. Okay. All right. Where in are we going? In 1984, there was. Really? So, we have NLO, also known as the Feed Materials Production Center. Huh. And it was a nuclear energy facility smack dab in Ohio. I did not know this. Fernald, Ohio. Fernald, Ohio. I'm sorry, everyone. We're going Fernald. Fernald. It sounds like in Arkansas, they pronounce El Dorado, El Dorado. And if you say it any other way, the locals mm-hmm. hang them high, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in Texas, there's a uh, county... That is named after uh, one of the two families uh, of uh, in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, not the Capulets, the other one. How do you say that? I already know how this goes, but Montague. No, it's Montag. Montag County. We also, in Arkansas, have Lafayette. Lafayette? Yes. Goodness gracious. It's also in Georgia. I mean, also, we live in Los Angeles that, like... With San Pedro? Pe- people have literally written award-winning linguistics papers on... Los Feliz or Los Feliz or... Well, you know, in the Los Feliz Murder House episode, mm-hmm. which was part of the friend favorite, I put why it was named what it was mm. after oh, you a did. family. You did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Intriguing, right? Yeah. But more importantly... Fernald. I, it's going to be Fernald. 
Where were we? Oh, yes. It is a random place for a nuclear facility, but aren't they all? Yeah. If anyone did catch the Three Mile Island documentary that recently came out on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Or as I want to call it, the Three Mile Isle. <laughs> it just, every time, I'm like, Three Mile Island. Uh, Americans will put nuclear anywhere. Nuclear. 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 We apparently do not care. But uh, when was Three Mile Island? I think it was 1986. Americans will put nuclear anywhere. We also will put oil pipelines anywhere. We destroy natural habitats. Destroy water. Destroy your homes, your gardens, and your food sources. America. The beautifully destroyed. Mm-hmm. Industry. From the beginning, America, we destroy what's in front of us. Okay. I highly recommend the documentary. I really enjoyed it. The man who was the whistleblower for Three Mile Island is part of the main story oh really wow. yeah he's great uh we'll cut we'll circle back mm. so nlo operated from 1953 to 1989 so that is before disneyland but to the disney renaissance for those of you who need a more relevant timeline <clears throat> and don't understand the quote 1900s because that pains me. One of my nieces roasted me when I visited for the holidays. She told me I was born in the 1900s. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, w- I had to take that in stride too because of how our family maps out. My great grandfather, father, my great grandfather was born in the 1800s. And like, did he get roasted like I am now? Probably. Probably. I am proud to be my elderly self. Yeah. Because I think we were 100 years apart exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 to this day, see people doing memes of like, so when you're born, 19, 19? You just with 19? I've even heard people say that like, uh, um, carding people becomes so much easier right now at this point in history because oh, yeah. they just see 19 and go, yeah, you're fine. Like, what, you didn't even look at my, no, I just saw 19. Like, oh gosh, okay. Yeah, you're fine. All right. Yeah. Um, someone give me my walker, get me my life alert. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And put on Golden Girls. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was born in the 1900s, the time that I was born in the 1900s, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but anyway, back on track, 1953 yep. to 1989 in the grand scheme of America, that is not a long time. No. As an investment, it's a pretty shitty one. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. If you're that, that's, that's not even, that's not a lifetime investment that barely gets no, you through. That's not even my life. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yes, it is. But, but it's you not know, your life. No, goodness. No, no. Uh, that, that, that's like I've changed jobs so many times in the in that amount. Yeah. yeah. Nuclear. I, I can't not have. I keep Nuclear. trying to do the, the George W. Bush. <laughs> Nuclear. He, yeah, he can never say it. But yeah. it's a very large investment. And that is only 36 years. And so what happened to close down this plant? I've got a lot of answers. This place was one of the few plants that processed high-grade uranium in the continental United States. So that does subtract Alaska and Hawaii plus the territories. Though I never understood why Alaska was excluded because it is, in fact, on the continent. Just not continuous. And we leave Alaska Mm. and Hawaii out a lot. Like, think about it when it comes to shipping. But in this particular case, that's a good thing. Hmm. We don't want to include them. They do not need nuclear no, in their area. No, we, we, don't, we don't need... We, yeah, yeah. We've ruined them enough. Yeah. In fact, emancipation. <laughs> please. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go back to the Hawaii episode. Goodness gracious. And listen to that one. Uh, so I am going to go ahead and spoil the fall of NLO. Because it informs as to why 
what happened probably happened. And that's the big word there. Probably. Probably. In the fall of 1984, there is a, quote, accident, end quote, that allowed clouds of radioactive smoke to just escape into the atmosphere. Oh, this is starting to come back. Yeah, let that sink in. Yeah, that it, means it did. I mean, that's the problem. The water was affected, the animals, the crops, the people who breathe, the people who didn't breathe. I mean... Yeah, they get buried into the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Yeah, that's, so it affects groundwater. Dead, dead people. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. The plant workers, the literally everything that is affected by atmosphere. But it's the 1980s. <laughs> We were using aerosol, everything, and it was okay. Like, what was an atmosphere anyway? Yeah, we were, right? we were like, punching refrigerators just to throw Freon up in the atmosphere for fun. That was okay, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what they were processing high-grade uranium for? Uh, for tennis shoes. Weapons. Of course. Yeah, of course. We, we didn't need those, but you know... No, no, we always need more nukes. Always. <laughs> For those who you who may have not realized in, like, the grand scheme of America and time, and, like, you know, it's crazy to realize that things place in the way that they do, we are actually still in the Cold War because it did not end until 1991. When the Soviet Union fell, yeah. Mm-hmm. Weapons are power, and America needed power. Red Dawn was not just a film. It was a fear. And then it was a mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth remake that I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen it either. Is it good? I don't. Well, I haven't I'm, seen it. Well, neither have I. I'm Somebody done. tweeted us. Tell us. Should, should we watch should, it? Should we watch it? Should, or should we just rewatch the the original? Or should we not do neither? Yeah. I mean, we can do that. I'm going to go with neither until someone tells me otherwise. The first one's pretty good. I don't want to watch go, it again. Go Wolverines. Is that the wrong one? No, I think it's the right. I don't All remember. Right. So, there. of course, there's a quote investigation, unquote, that shows that they release Brace Yourselves. More than 200 tons of radioactive dust particles into the air and water supplies. Sometimes. So if y'all wondered why you're, you're feeling messed up and weird, like, think about it, like, that gets into the general population. Of and Ohio. Those, of Ohio. And then those people, Make o- people between 1984 and present day, move around the country, have kids, drink water, mm-hmm. share their resources... It permeates it. Oh. oh, yeah. Sometimes I think maybe we weren't hurting ourselves more than anyone else. Or were we? Like, you would think this horrible moment would be the biggest scandal NLO would have seen, right? Wrong. on the country. What? This is not their biggest scandal. Because. What else did they screw up? <laughs> it's not what the name of the episode is, right? Oh, God. It wasn't radioactive smoke. It's. Blank and radioactive smoke. Oh, no. Guess what? When you're a guest on this show, you have no idea what's happening. I haven't a clue what's going to happen. Haven't just like, not a clue. Uh, did they ruin tacos for everyone? No, we're going to boot scoot back to June. June, okay. Of June 1984. Okay. Where a 39-year-old pipe fitter named Dave Box would mysteriously vanish from the facility in the middle of the night. Okay, that sounds like some spy stuff. Or, mm. or we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. So who was Dave Box? Dave Box was a father of three, divorced from his wife. That is no judgment on his character because no, people get divorced no. every single day. Otherwise, yeah. being a divorce lawyer would not be such a lucrative business. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He had worked for NLO for three years, since 1981. 
He was described by his carpool buddy, Harry Easterling, as someone who would always just help a person out if they asked. Oh, that's good. If he knew something to be dangerous or a bit too hot, as in radioactive, he would warn his co-workers and give people heads up. Harry Easterling described him as a very genuine and kind person to work with and with a very set routine. Which is that's the kind of person that, like, if they don't show up to their shift the next day, you're very concerned because he's a good guy and he's always on time. They're also carpool buddies. Yeah, so where the heck is he? Right. They work the graveyard shift. And bless them for it. Anyone who works graveyard shift should be paid more money. Yes. Yeah, double. At least. I've worked graveyard shift so many times in my career and life in general. And what it does to you as a person... Yeah, humans aren't supposed to be working, let alone awake for 12 hours at at dark. No. Doing such dangerous things. Yeah, like working with hecking uranium for crying out loud. Well, that's kind of not what was happening here. So Fitting pipes for uranium peoples. June 18th, 1984. So Dave meets Harry. And I'm going to call him Harry instead of Easterling because Harry is a good guy. So he gets his first name. Yay. And I am less likely to butcher Dave meets Harry at a local fast food place where they ride share to the plant. So according to Harry's story, it was Harry's turn to drive. Harry stated that Dave was in a good spirits, mentioning he got a new lunchbox and was planning a vacation he would be taking with his kids. Nice. So, by the way, studies have shown planning a vacation is actually more of an emotional high than actually taking the vacation. Oh my gosh. Delightful. That explains so that's, that's like the, uh, the thing that like millennials do with like looking at homes and Zillow entirely different emotional high yep. than actually buying a house. Goodness gracious. We can't buy houses. We have no money. <laughs> even like a condo, even like, I can't buy a condo. Planning, planning to move. Versus moving. moving two is, different mm, emotional experiences. I'm, moving. I'm staying exactly where I am. <laughs> uh, so they arrive to work. Mm-hmm. And Harry does mention that Dave follows his routine by changing at the locker, his clothes in the locker, putting on his uniform. And I'd imagine you wouldn't want to take radioactive clothes home with you, no. right? No, no, and no. And he leaves his keys with the lock to his locker still on them. So, like, you know, you leave it on the, yep. on the, the key and the lock on it. And his toolbox, which is still by the lockers, right? Great. Keep that in mind. Okay. Dave's job was inspecting and maintaining pipes throughout the facility, but only the maintenance crew and security guards worked graveyard. So no actual production was happening at the time. Oh, great. So that's a great time to do maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. They started work at 12 a.m. And Harry says he knew Dave to be assigned to look at... The pump in building eight. Ocho. Mm. Wheat. Building eight. This is when Harry remembers Dave putting his keys and lock in the top part of his toolbox per routine. Hmm. Now, there is a witness who wished to remain anonymous who reported Dave speaking to a supervisor at 4 a.m. in a truck. My assumption being the supervisor's truck as Dave both did not drive to work and had a sedan at the time. Yep. They noted that it was a hot evening and the windows were rolled up. So this probably meant that they had something vital to discuss, and it was not going well. Later that night, the same witness ran into Dave again around 5 a.m., and Dave was heading to building four, Quattro, Cat. Gotcha. So, we had him at eight, where Mm -hmm. he was assigned, Yep. 
And then now we have a reliable sighting of him going to four. Okay. That is the last time Dave Box was seen alive. Really? Yes. After some kind of strange, possibly heated altercation with the supervisor. Could have been heated, could have not. We do not know, but the windows were rolled up. But that that's also weird, like... I, I can that is count on exhale. my hands the number of finger number of times that I have gone into a car, rolled up the windows and talked to my boss about my work, which is zero. Yeah, because there's plenty of places at a factory at a to factory. go to an office. Yeah. To talk. I that mean, feels professional on. and not sketchy. Yeah, for real. So at 7 a.m., there's a safety meeting. Harry was suspicious as Dave was not there. Dave's keys were still there, where he'd left him in the toolbox, and Harry reasoned out he's probably, like, working overtime, right? Yeah, or he just, like, lost track of time or something, yeah. But it's a safety meeting. And it's also, this is someone who always shows up on time, so how would he lose track of time? That's not in his nature. I, I mean, true, but he could have been doing something that was a little critical, you never know. Yeah, you're at the, like, 15 minute, okay, he misses one meeting, we're fine. Yeah, so he calls around trying to figure out where he is. Harry eventually leaves... Without him. And I assume they figured out if anything happened. What's the protocol? Okay, well, you can get a ride doing this, right? There, I mean, there has to be something. And he notified whatever supervisor, like, hey, I haven't seen Dave. If you see him, this is blah, blah, blah. Let him know I had to go. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the end of the shift. That That's at the point where you're really kind of starting to worry of just like... Standing there, keys in your hand. Where is this guy at? I'm supposed to drive well, home. Well, I mean, somebody else could give him a ride. Right, right. Like, the, uh, the, the... Not home, but to the restaurant. Yeah. So Harry later left. I think he said something around like 45 minutes after. And I think it was like 7.45 or 7, something like that. It makes sense to me. If you're working late, you can catch a ride or something yep. like that. Maybe somebody else is working late too. And they had like a backup plan. It's not like they could whip out a cell and text and be like, hey, Dave, my dude, where are you at? So I think Harry did leave, let someone know that he was leaving and he did think Dave was still there. But I'm shaky on how it was reported. I didn't yeah. get like that concrete information. But the crucial point is we are certain Dave's keys and lock are still in his toolbox when mm. Harry left. Okay, so yeah, so that, that's a real thing of, like, this guy has not left the building unless he's, like, run screaming for his life or something like that. Allegedly, yes. Yeah. Cause, so. Because he, he's still in his uniform. He doesn't have his his keys, mm -hmm. his, clothes, his clothes, his wallet. His keys. None of that he stuff. He doesn't have. His tools. Like, his car, his car keys are on there. Yeah. So he's got to be around there somewhere. So at 7.30, there is a furnace operator in Building 6. Six. Uh -uh. Six. Building 6. Four, not six, building eight, eight six. not building four, building six. We only like even numbers in this plant, okay? I do not like that the next part of the story involves a furnace operator. I'm just, just... <laughs> well, hmm. the furnace operator notifies his supervisor that the casings of his oven have a film, like a residue no. or sticky, sticky substance. No. That was not usual at all. Mm, there... I is a very unusual odor. No. Now, for all of us who are not in 1984 right now, we know that it is not okay to have things smell. Yeah. So yeah. I, I read in one place that he allegedly thought he might have seen a leg in the furnace. No. Like a whole ass leg. No. But I have questions regarding physics. Like, 
It's a furnace. Yeah, it's at that point where it's just like... No, you didn't. But I also couldn't corroborate he said that anywhere else other than this like kind of unreliable source, but I had to share that. Naturally, the supervisor pokes around in it and is like, nah, it's fine, go about your work. Deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. Yeah, sounds Or something right. like that. I feel like you had to share the same sort of, like, bull all 80 supervisors had to say, right? <laughs> like, meh, money, meh. Keep so, the trains running on time, so to speak, yeah. We're going to go back to Harry, our current hero of the story. Yep. It's 11 p.m. now, later that day, because, you know, we cycled over. Mm, okay, yeah. And... For his next shift, his next... Yes, the next shift. Next graveyard shift. And... He gets back to the restaurant to meet Dave again, and it's Dave's turn to drive. So Dave's car is still there. Big oh, surprise, goodness. right? Yeah. Except the car never moved. At first, Harry thinks oh, yeah. he went in to get something to eat, maybe grab dinner for later. But right. Harry touches the hood, and it's cold. It oh, has it hasn't... not been driven recently. It hasn't even moved, same parking spot and everything. Correct. But it was as if Dave hasn't made it back from the plant at all. Yeah. So Harry hightails it back to an alert and gets security to bust open David's locker. The lock was on it. No, nothing, nothing to, to bust open. You just turn the dang key. No, the lock was on it. Wait, so. The... But we saw the keys and the lock and the toolbox on top of Dave's stuff. But now the lock is on it, and Dave's clothes from the previous day are in there. That's really, that's weird. That's weird, right? That's very weird. Dave is reported missing. Yeah. Investigation begins. So let's keep those key details in mind. Okay. It's 1984. It's Ohio. It's big business. It's nuclear business. And it looks like Dave may have had a dispute with the supervisor prior to his disappearance. Mm-hmm. It's yikes.com, baby. Totally. Uh, I'm yikes.aol.com, but... <laughs> no, keyword. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> AOL keyword. Yikes. <laughs> the first discovery is that at 5.15 a.m. on the morning of his actual disappearance, after the witness saw him walk towards Building 4, there is a large temperature drop in Building 6. Ooh. This would mean that something was dropped into the furnace... That was at a substantially cooler temperature than brought to temperature at a steady rate, suggesting it was a foreign object that could, well, melt. Yeah, yeah, that, that would take the temperature down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. The next discovery was that a worker also found a, quote, piece of bone on the lip of the furnace. This was a big hunt to me. Yup. This is a furnace. Like, I get not all bones, but. <laughs> that left... Not all bones. But it left me with a lot more questions than answers. Like, first off, how did it get in there? Did it, like, pop up or something? Like, did it jump? So, someone was raking the furnace and, and uh, pulled a bit there? of bone? Yeah. So these two discoveries both have the furnace shut down. But it takes three days for the material to be cooled enough to search. Oh, wow. So what I don't know is about the radioactivity portion of this investigation. Yeah. Do we just have dudes hanging out in there? Like, the Chernobyl disaster wouldn't happen for another two years. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, so we're over here, like... We, so <laughs> Chernobyl and, uh, and, and Three Mile Island were, like, the same year-ish? Mm-hmm. Wow. Actually, I think Three Mile Island happened before Chernobyl. Oh, my gosh. But, like, within months. 
goodness gracious. We were not really safe about nuclear. No, no, no. We, we thought it was it was just fine. Yeah, you just walk yeah. in there. You got safety goggles on. We gloves. still aren't, You're good. We still aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to never sleep again, research how we do nuclear energy, and yeah, you'll cry. So the Chernobyl disaster wouldn't happen for another two years. And we're over here like, <laughs> let's chill a furnace, see what happens. And I didn't look too deeply into what this furnace does besides ruin lives. But hey, it's a question worth asking. But it's also one of those things like, uh, I, I, I'm going to say what I'm thinking. I think someone killed him or killed him by throwing him into the furnace. That, that I don't know yet. I don't know. This is just me listening and having guesses as to what I've heard so far. And I think even in the back of your mind, you're like, I want to kill this guy. I hate this guy. I want to kill him. If I... Throwing him into a nuclear reactor is gonna do more than just kill him. Well, it's not it, the reactor. Well, you know, like you know what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. Throwing a any amount of matter that should not go into a nuclear furnace, that go into a nuclear furnace, like a person amount, that's gonna mess with things more than just but, killing yeah, that guy. It, like, it might mess with you and everything in the surrounding fifty mile radius. Yeah. Well, I'm also thinking to myself. But, like, what else is in there? Did you not think that maybe someone would notice that a foreign object went in there? Yes, yeah, yeah. But, also, but then again, who yeah. wants to hurt him? He seems so nice. Yeah. And also, everyone who knows him said that. <laughs> I have so many questions. I'm pretty sure I couldn't get real answers if I wanted to. Uh. Which I do want to. But also... Now that NLO doesn't exist anymore, I'm not that scared of them, but, like, I'm low-key yeah. scared. But, but like, NLO as an organization may no longer exist, but most likely the people who made it could still exist. They definitely do. Yep. It's not that long ago. But, uh, so what do they find in this cool-down furnace? Brace yourselves, once again, as if you've relaxed at all in this story. <laughs> because the first thing they found were his keys. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he just threw them in the furnace and then ran under the woods. That's what but happened. How did they, how did they find his keys? If the temperature dropped at five fifteen a.m. when Harry very reliably saw them at seven fifteen ish on Dave's toolbox, oh, no. where he left them, Harry. How did they get found inside of a furnace in a building he didn't go to? How did they not melt? Harry, no. Oh, how did they not melt? That's another thing. Harry didn't do anything. Harry's the witness. But that knows they weren't there. So, okay. So, so it, it sounds like, okay, okay. Sorry. Someone tried to make Harry seem like no, nobody did anything to Harry. Harry's proving that Dave didn't. He jump saw in the there. keys at seven fifteen, still in the locker, and then not in the locker, in the toolbox. In the toolbox. Sorry, in the toolbox, seven fifteen, the day he went missing, the graveyard shift he went missing. Yeah, saw he the keys in the back. toolbox, arrives back for the next graveyard shift. The lock shift. is in the locker mm-hmm. when he last saw it in the toolbox. Yep. And, and the then, keys are in the furnace. Yeah. Which have not melted. How did they not melt? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That's... This is allegedly supposed to have disintegrated a human body. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. But, but like, keys were found. Guess you, what you else find was found? You find one tibia or whatever, and, and no, you No, not even a tibia. Fragment. A, a bone fragment, but, like, you know, a, a set of keys from Lowe's or whatever the equivalent is back then. Yeah, yeah. You, when you had to have two keys to start a car, one to unlock it and one to turn it on. Yeah, yeah, those are fine. But those have managed to be found in there. Mm-hmm. But also, the thing is, is 
his keys were on his toolbox, right? Yeah. The temperature drop happened at 5, 15-ish. Okay. But Harry saw them at 7.15. So that sounds like... Harry sounded the alarm that he's missing. Harry didn't do anything. No, 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 no. Except report. But it, it, it sounds like whoever is involved in didn't this person's that disappearance... Didn't realize that Harry knew that they were. Yeah. And, and thought they could just, as their graveyard shift was ending, snag the keys. Because no one else saw them. Ra- yeah. Other than the people who work with him on a daily basis. Yeah. Oh, the fly and the ointment. People yeah. are observant. Here's the next part. Are you ready? No. So, Harry does say that he remembered seeing the supervisor put the lock on the toolbox and taking the keys. But I don't have a timeline for what. However, he knows he saw them after that safety meeting at 7. Oh, interesting. He does know that. What else did they find? A steel toe from a boot? Just one. Okay. So apparently one melted and one didn't. This is a very ineffective furnace. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they need to shut it down for more than three days to figure out what's going on in there. Part of an eyeglass frame. Did he wear glasses? He didn't need. Okay. But the weakest thing in the world to not melt. Oh, God. Yeah, especially like 1970s, 1980s eyeglass frames. Yeah. yeah. The aviators y- y- land a plane on those. You drop those. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. And then Dave's walkie-talkie. Mm, that's a bunch of dense stuff. Walkie-talkie. No, that's going to go first. There are so many holes in that. Okay. You fill yeah, that yeah. with furnace material. Yeah, it, 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 it becomes confusing that the human body is so much denser than a walkie-talkie. <laughs> Stainless steel wire that no. was looped in three connected circles. How did this not all melt? I, I could melt that over a stove. I... Can I could melt a walkie-talkie with a lighter. Yeah. Might set off a few fire alarms, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I might cause a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems like a, a few problems were already caused here. It's, it is what a man can do and what a man can't do. Not should. Can or can't. Ugh. I, I don't like the supervisor. We're, then, worst boss of the year. Well, we don't, I can't say the supervisor was I'm involved. saying the supervisor did it. No, I have no idea. I yeah, no we don't clue. know. We don't know. Could have been somebody else. Additionally, there were pieces of human bone. Yeah, that, 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 also that sketch. That sketch. Magically did not melt in this furnace. There was no j- zipper from his jumpsuit. That should have survived if this magical stainless steel wire. Yeah. And, and, and what the, about like, I can walkie. if yeah. he's wearing boots? What about the the no, holes just, just from one, his boots? Just one steel. Of yeah, the other that, one not, completely gone. gone. Dust, there's, dust. There's no like holes from where you lace it up. You know where no. the no, that, the laces go. The aglets or whatever. No, that's are. the end of the shoe. End of the lace. shoe. Okay, all right. End of the shoelace. I'm talking about the holes. I I don't, I don't know what those are called. I don't either. No. That's why I call it a hole. There's at least one person on the other end of uh, the podcast who, who's like a shoe fanatic going, oh, why don't they know the word? Sorry. So sneakerheads? Sneakerheads. Sneaker I have failed you. Sorry. But they're often metal. Why yeah. didn't one of those survive? Yeah. So, Questions. To the surprise of no one today, police felt like Dave took his own life. Did he? <laughs> Did he? He took a swan dive straight into a furnace. Yeah, that, that he just like, oh, I missed a safety meeting. That's it, folks. I'm done. You know, my that's kids a wrap. don't need me anymore. I had a vacation planned and I was very excited. You know, I shouldn't have bought that lunchbox. Swan dive, that's a wrap. Yep, yeah. No, 
Absolutely no one that knew Dave agreed with those findings. And looking at the evidence, we don't either. If one considers what would later happen in the fall, um, does feel a bit odd to still come to that conclusion. I do not think it was an accident either. We have Dave Box, a formidable fight, uh, fight piper. Fight piper. That's it. He's a fight piper. He fights the pipes. It does feel like that's what he was doing. The fighting pipes. Who worked for a number of years in this plant, followed assignment, and guess which building the majority of the radioactive smoke came out of? Hmm. It was building eight. The one where he may have he caught something and then saw, you know, what they what we know now. If you see something, say something. He said something and then he uh, said no more soon after that. Yeah, but, I, you know, even today, whistleblowers are terrified. Yeah, goodness, goodness gracious. Yeah. And what we know from the Three Mile Island incident, they attempted a lot of things on that whistleblower who was just trying to prevent more people from being... Put at risk, if not killed. Hey, um, I, I don't want me and my co-workers to die and my family to have to pay medical bills for the rest of my life. But the quarterly profits! Shut up! Yeah, literally. Oh. So if you were to ask me, which I know no one listening to this podcast is. I will ask you. Thank you. Actually, I think they do ask me by listening. <laughs> <laughs> I truly do believe that Dave Box was a whistleblower who was silenced. Yeah. And silence the way that one is. I mean, a three-circle stainless steel wire? You're tattling on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I am 100% believe in belief that this guy was pushed in, I'm, and it feels like... Or I hope that... Or maybe it was a confrontation where it's like, please be quiet. Something went wrong, and this was a cover-up. But it, it the cover up feels like I really hope yeah. that he was not pushed in. Oh goodness, alive. No. yeah. I, I hope this gentleman is alive and no, 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 no he's one hundred percent dead. Yeah, he's one hundred percent dead. Okay, but I know that somebody knows what really happened. I wish that they would come forward now. Yeah, but yeah, there's no way that Dave Box took his life. No, there there's someone out there in the world who is responsible for this man's demise. So. It's not actually astonishing the lengths in which business people go to keep people quiet about the yep. dangers when it comes to profit margins, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, we are putting our personal opinions aside because I think you should formulate your oh, own please. opinion. Here are the other facts to negate the concept that Dave took his own life. He had just bought groceries, yep. was planning that vacation, and there were yep. no signs to any of his close friends or family. And of course, that isn't always the case when it comes to suicidal behavior. But I don't believe that it is the first thing police should run to when investigating something when it happens in a nuclear plant. If the case for an accident makes much more sense, then why was there zero accountability for it? Yeah. And then that's even a bigger question. So friends or family believe that Dave was lowered into the furnace by an unknown third party. Yes. And that is a deeply horrible thought. Yup. I hope that Dave's death was actually an accident. And the furnace was a cover-up to the accident. That is my true hope. Mm, So there was an investigative reporter by the name of D.C. Cole. Oh, great. Who was one of the ones that noted that Building 8 was the one that caused the most damage to the water supply. And it was his belief that the night Dave was working on Building 8, he discovered an issue that was going to happen or was happening. And he was silenced for what he found out. From what was reported about who Dave Box was as a person, it was seen that NLO could not buy him off or intimidate him into silence. 
So sadly, Dave was not able to be buried as the remains were too radioactive to even be put in the ground. They've been stored in a barrel on NLO property, last I understood. But even Madame Curie's journals are too radioactive to be released. And that's that's the true tragedy, is that he's not been able to be put to rest. Yeah. So no suspects have ever been named as the police do not classify this as a homicide. But (sighs) this is why I say... Do, did the people who did this actually truly get away with it? No. The last thing about NLO is that in 2013, there's an extremely high rate of cancer found in former employees, and it's likely attributed to the high rate of radiation exposure. And this is why we really should reevaluate our reliance on nuclear power, how we handle nuclear in general, because it is not good. Yeah, and it, I, I think it goes deeper than that. Like, mm-hmm. this this pattern of behavior went on before we had nuclear power with, with mining towns. And oh, just, yeah. It's this whole factory town mindset of, like, you could be anyone in the town. You could be, you know, the chief. You could be the mayor. But if, if you walk into anyone's office, whether you're in government, and mm-hmm. say, hey, there's something wrong with the business that puts food on everyone's table within a 20-mile radius or whatever, uh, they're going to, no matter what their title is and what their position is in government or in the company, they're not going to be a fan of that because that could ba- make the whole company just pack up and leave. Yeah, and I know that we have made the push as... A country? Hmm. Ish. I think it's more state-led than country-led, but to try and protect whistleblowers. Yes. In the way of keeping anonymity or trying to protect in regards to retaliation, but it's almost near impossible with the way that social media and, you know... There there are laws in place, there are services in place, but... But still... The reality is, unfortunately, that the the burden of proof falls on the whistleblower, which is like no one wants to go into work and like be taking screenshots of shitty behavior and shitty documents Mm -hmm. just so you can say, hey, um, there's shitty stuff going on my work and I don't want to be, you know, unalived by my coworkers. (laughs) Right. Which I hope that's not the level in which some people are facing, but it is I think that Dave Box's story should be known and. I hope that one day someone would come forward and actually say what really did happen because a horrible thing happened. And that's what the story looks like, in my opinion. Of course, this is all my opinion. And and we'll never know. I accuse no one. We'll never know, but I... Part of me wonders if, if he tried to do something to, to mitigate what happened. That, like, if he hadn't spoken up, if he hadn't done anything, that it could have been ten times worse, for all we know. Or could something have been prevented? We'll yeah. never know. But, again, it's one of those stories where a whole family lost... I mean, kids lost their father, and a man lost his life, and it's really sad. Yeah. But hope one day... Someone will come forward and tell what happened. But that was the facts. And we talked about them. That we did. So you know where to find us on the socials at TalkAboutFacts, T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S. And I'm your host, Elizabeth Fury. This is Nate Ruger. And tune in next time to hear another story about something. 
Goodbye. I could just do a different voice for other people. <laughs> Hello, I'm Raven and Alexander M- Muger. You know I said hit record, right? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm gonna put this at the end of the episode. It's an outtake. <laughs> no, it's an intake. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, shit. <laughs>